Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Yes, it's, it's freezing outside, but wow, there's life where the Ruach is, amen? amen? There really is, and so, oh my goodness, I am just so glad you are here today, and this is going to be a little bit of a different service, you know, sometimes I say it's a different message, this is going to be a little bit of a different service, the Lord just really, Cindy, I got to tell you, uh, Cindy's been at Bethlehem many years, she's seen a lot of things, and going back to when my dad was the rabbi for many years also, and a number of others of you as well. And this is going to be a different service, uh, and I'm, I'm excited about it. It already has been. If you've taken note, we've changed the things up a little bit. But I've had a number of people actually share with me recently that they feel as though the Lord was saying to them that we're about to break, kind of break out of the cycle. Uh, yeah, amen is right. You know, I just uh, a number of people have come to me lately and have just said, I, I just get the feeling from the Lord that, we're about to break out of the cycle and really about to kind of take off. You know, and I said, I say, amen. I say, Baruch Hashem, amen. Woo, man, man, I'm telling you what, we need to get, we need to get out, out of this cycle the last two years this country's been in. And, 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 even, and even congregationally, I want to see us go, go more full steam ahead. Also, I'm feeling this also. Listen, I readily recognize that, that COVID is, is not going away completely. You know, people say, you know, experts say, well, it's going to be around now for, it's going to become an endemic. And I get that fully. And, and there may be other, other variants or things that kind of come our way. Sure, but, but nonetheless, even so, even so, I kind of feel like it's almost as if we're, we're, we're heading toward the end of a very thick jungle. Uh, not to imply that there's not challenges ahead, but you know, I see some of you nodding your heads. It just feels, and, and I know, and I mean, I looked at the numbers today and stuff in Georgia. Yeah, they're still really high. I, I get that. And, and pray for people who are ill. I, I'm totally for that, y'all. This, this is not what I'm saying. I, I, I'm not saying we're out. I, I'm saying I can see a clearing. You, you hear what I'm saying? I can see a clearing. Now, that doesn't mean that it's you know, completely all you know, smooth, absolutely smooth. So, listen, there are challenges all the time in life, but, 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 but relative to where we've been, if you will, come on, I just think that the, the, a clearing of sorts is ahead. And so it, then it got me to reflecting upon what comes before we head out, okay? What comes before this clearing? You know, when you're, when you're going through a jungle, y'all, it's, it's, it's like... It's hard sledding. You don't sled in the jungle. I understand, okay? But, but, but it's like, if you're in a jungle, you got to have your machete out, right? And you got that machete, and, and it's hard. I'm talking about life, spiritually, and, and in every way, right? And if it's a thick jungle, man, you're just chopping, and you got like a one step, and chop, 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 go another step, chop, 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 chop. I mean, you, you're not going to move very fast or very far or very quickly if you're moving through a jungle. You know what I'm saying? But if you're in the clearing, then you can just go ahead and walk. You can walk right through if you're in the clearing. You can go. You can move a little bit quicker if, 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 uh, if you're in the clearing. But man, that jungle, you, you, you understand what I'm talking about. It seems like we're kind of, I can, I can kind of see a bit of a clearing ahead to whatever uh, extent that looks like. Well, before we get completely out of the jungle, because we're maybe still in the jungle at this point, the numbers are, okay, whatever. Before we quite get out of the jungle, but, but when we see that there may be some, some clear space ahead of us, what do we need to do? What comes right before we get there? I remember when, I remember I used to work for AT&T. And when I worked for AT&T, uh, I worked in the advertising department for a good while. 
And man, we had some fun. I got to tell you, it was a fun job, y'all. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not going to try to pretend it wasn't a blast. It was a total blast. I loved it. It was just a, a lot of fun working for AT&T Advertising. And I, and I had a lot of, uh, you know, kind of flexibility as to what m- uh, me and my team and my projects were. And, and, you know, and of course, we had some fairly significant budgets. It's interesting. We had a business meeting not long ago here at Bethel, and it's like, our entire budget was like a rounding error for my old budget, you know, <laughs> literally. And and I and I remember we were going to shoot we we're going to shoot w- one commercial, and uh, this is for one thirty-second TV commercial we were going to shoot. And so uh, my ad agency came to me and they they pitched me on a few different ideas. And eventually I said, okay, I think I'd like to go with this one. But man, that one's going to be challenging to shoot. What, what what's your plan and how you might shoot the TV commercial? And they said, well, we're going to have to run out of Speedway. And I said, okay, let's do it. And so we, so we rented out Atlanta Motor Speedway for a day, okay? I'm talking about the big racetrack where all the NASCARs are uh, down in Hampton or whatever it is in Georgia. And we just rented the entire Motor Speedway for the day, just primarily to shoot this TV commercial. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, you got to understand, I was, I was this young guy, this pretty new MBA and, 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 and I was in charge of, you know, I was the client. I was paying for everything uh, with AT&T, and of course. And, and so everybody, you know, I was, they had all the people, the staff, the filming crew, all the, you know, craft services, the, the gaffers, the lighting people. I don't even know all, you know, all the different people for TV shooting stuff. And, and so they were filming this, this commercial, and they, they, they needed kind of a raceway scene. And so they got on the back of a truck with a camera and a dolly and all this, and they were filming the commercial. And it was really interesting, and it turned out to be a great commercial. But, but it took, you know, it takes a long time to do this, a lot longer than you would think. Uh, and we only had, only, only had one day on site, uh, actually, for that part of it, Atlanta Motor Speedway. And, uh, but inevitably, there were a few breaks along the way whereby... Uh, they were not shooting for a while. They needed to check the footage. They needed to regroup. They needed to restock or, I don't know, take, I don't know, whatever they do. And so, again, I'm the client. Uh, they, they refer to the person who's kind of paying for everything as the client. Everybody knows that's the client. Watch it. Be, be nice to the client. Everybody, be nice to the client. So they said, okay, uh, well, listen, we've got a break of about maybe half an hour, an hour, do you want to uh, go out on the track? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tom, that was my reaction too. I was like, oh, and you know, and, and again, I was kind of young and, and got this new NVA, and, and, and I'm thinking, okay, I got to act cool, but that's like crazy cool. That's like unbelievable. And I, I got to act like I know what I'm doing here because I'm, I'm like supposed to be the guy. So, um, yeah, maybe, 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 maybe I will. Yeah, maybe I will. And they're like, okay, well, you know, what, what do you want to do? And, I, and back in those days, I had an old a Nissan Pulsar, uh, and it was a T-top. It was a sports car, five-speed. And this thing could move, man. It was a little car, man, this thing. It was a sports car. And it was a fire engine red. It was, it was a beautiful vehicle. I loved that little car. And, uh, and so that's what I had driven to the raceway that day. And I really think this, that was my car. And so they said, yeah, well, you take your car right out on the raceway. And they said, but you got to be careful not to go too, too fast because they have to have an ambulance on duty if you go over a certain speed. And I didn't really want to know the speed. Uh, and so, and so that, I said, okay, I think I'm going to go out on the track. And so they said, okay. And so suddenly they got on their walkie-talkies. Clients on the track. Hey, everybody clear the track. Clients going on the track. Clients going on the track. And I'm like, I'm like feeling like some kind of strange VIP. And so I'm like, okay, yeah. And I'm just trying to act as cool as I can. And, and so then I get my little Nissan Pulsar, you know, <laughs> red fire engine, red sports car, right? Like it's a five speed. It's actually kind of built for cool stuff like that. And so, you know, they're not going to start going on the, you know, and you're going on Atlanta Motor Street, which is where the NASCAR folks go. I mean, you know, they go, no, they go 195 miles an hour. I was not going that fast. <laughs> Trust me. But man, I was, I, you know, putting, you know, and, you know, and you get on that track and you're kind of freaking out a little bit. You know, you feel like at that time it would have been Bill Elliott, not Chase Elliott. But you understand, you know, you feel like a, like a race car driver. You're on the track and I'm all by myself on that track and I'm going, you know, and at first, first lap or two, you're kind of cautious because, you know, my gosh, you're on a race at Atlanta Motor Speedway. But eventually, man, okay, man, let's go with this thing. It's like, 
Let's go, man. Let's see what this baby can do. I don't get to the upper range in my pulsar speedometer very often. Let's get to the upper range. See what that little thing can do. So in any case, to say the least, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> it, was, it was a great day. They actually took a break after I did a number of laps, and I came in, and then about, I don't know, three hours later, they said, well, we got another break. You want to go back on the track? I'm like, yep, send me back on the track. You know, I'm going back on that track. That happened two or three times. I had a good time. It was, it was a lot of, like I said, man, it was fun. I, I enjoyed that. Okay, and so anyway, but the point was this. Something that I found interesting is, wow, those straightaways were awesome. I mean, they were just, they were a lot of fun. They were killer to go out on those straightaways. And, but, but what was interesting were the, were the curves, because the corners of Atlanta Motor Speedway are banked, and, and, they're, and, they're, and they're extremely angled. I actually went and walked on it a little bit later just to see, and it was so steep, that the angle of it, that, that you almost have to kind of get on your knees, hands and knees to walk up. The, the, the corners are so steep. Why? Because they know that when you're rounding that corner so fast, that that centripetal force there, it, they got to angle it so you can keep your tires on the road, you know, otherwise you'd go flying, you know, off the, off the side. Okay, but even so, and, they, and they, they told you, of course, you know, when they <laughs> heard I was going on, they, they get, the, the motor speedway people came and gave me instructions. And, and the, on the corners, you still have to, you, you got to pull off that gas some when you're on those corners, even though you can go much faster than you would go in a typical corner. But still, you got to really, and let me tell you what, when I hit those, hit those corners, especially the speeds I was going, you know, my, my hands gripped that wheel a little bit tighter, you know, it's like, you're going like this and you're going, oh boy, and you're taking a, a curve at way higher than you would normally take a curve, no doubt, man, you, you just kind of take that grip and grip that wheel and you kind of hold on, right? But then as you come out of the curve, they told you something, they said, listen, accelerate out of the curves. And so, you know, you come out of that curve, and you're just about to finish that curve, and then what do you do? You should, you hit that gas, because then you got a straightaway right in front of you. And so, you're coming out of that curve, you know, you know and, and then you finally getting ready to the end of that curve, and then it's like, boom, boom, hit that gas, lay that, lay that foot down, and then, because boom, it's a, long, it's a long straightaway. Atlanta Motor Speedway is one of the fastest, uh, fastest tracks in all of NASCAR. And so, boom, man, you just, you just go because you got that straightaway, man. Then you can fly and you can just, let's see what this bad boy can do, man. Let's have some fun. And then you just cruise and move and move and move, pedal to the metal. It's so interesting. It was a blast, no question. And, and, and if you're coming out of the corner, I, I feel like in some ways what we're doing here, here at Beth Hillel, Maybe here in America to a certain extent, but certainly here at Bethlehem regarding this pandemic maybe a little bit, but here at Bethlehem, we're, we're, I think we're coming out of the corner. We're, we're starting to head to the, I can see the straightaway ahead of us. We're not quite out of the curve yet, y'all. We're not quite out of the curve, but we're, we're coming out of the curve, but, but we're, I can see the straightaway. It's, it's coming. I can see it. And, 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 and I think if we're coming out of the woods, there's going to be a clearing. There's going to be this clearing. And if that's the case, friends, we're going to really need to pick up some speed. We're really going to need to pick up some speed, just like it was for me on that racetrack. But, but you know, if you know anybody, and, and if you know you're going to start something new, it's, it's, it's sort of like when, when, when you go from the jungle to the clearing, it's, it's something new. It's a different journey. Instead of the machete, you you need you need you know something that can move a little bit faster. You don't you can put the machete back up for a season, and you can come. It's a new season. You hear what I'm saying? It's something different. It's a new. It's almost like when you when you go out on vacation. Okay, you know when you leave for. Okay, you've got to work. You work. You work. And but then there's those times you you plan, and, and there's that week or a few days, whatever, where you're going off to vacation. Maybe you're driving to Florida. And, and, and whenever you're, you're going on a vacation, you're driving somewhere, what's one, of the, what's one of the things that you really have to do and you should do before you get going? It's one of the things that typically people will do if they're driving off on a vacation to prepare. Because, you know, when, when you get going, you really don't want to have to do this. You want to go ahead and be ready to go. You, you check the car and you fill it up. Right? I mean, that's one of the things you do before, if you're going to make a trip to Florida, generally speaking, before you get out of wherever you're at, 
you're going to fill it up probably the night before, you know, the day before, because you don't want you, you don't want to have to worry about that once you, you, you listen, load the load the car up, let's get going. Maybe even load the car up before you before on the, the night before, whatever, if you're organized, you know, if you're Amber or one of these people. Okay, and so, <laughs> but the point is, is that you fuel that thing up, man. You gotta fuel that thing up. You refuel. You make sure that the car is topped off before you go, or, or perhaps in today's worlds, I would say you recharge, right? You recharge that thing, right? Uh, if, if, if make sure that your Tesla is all charged up. I don't have a Tesla. My son wants a Tesla. I told him, God bless you, son. Maybe one day you'll get a Tesla. I pray blessings on you to get a Tesla. He wants a Tesla, man. But in any case, down the road for him, I'm sure. But the point is that, you know what I'm saying? You know, you char- charge up electric vehicles. Okay, you got to charge that. You got to make sure if you have an electric vehicle, you got to make sure that that thing is really charged up before you're going to take a long trip. You got to prepare for what is to come, especially if it's going to come soon. If, if you're about to enter a new season, you got to prepare for what's around the corner when you know that something is, is, is about to happen. Exodus chapter 33, please. Exodus 33. So Moses, Moses, that's the guy, right? Moses was bringing up the children of Israel out of Egypt. They had left Egypt by this time. We'd already had the, the 10 plagues. They'd already crossed the Red Sea. They had arrived at Mount Sinai for the Ten Commandments, and then what did they do? They crafted the golden calf. Boo! Oh, man, our people blew it. You know, how many of you know that none of us are perfect? Hello, hello, one of you? Okay, no, you know that. None of us are perfect already. We're trying our best. Oh, our people really blew it, though. Okay, they crafted the golden calf. Oh, man, God was not happy, y'all. God was really... He was not happy. Moses came down off the mountain, and God judged the children of Israel for their rebellion. And it would have been worse, if you read the story and you read the account of it, it would have been worse, but Moses stepped in and pleaded with God for the forgiveness of the Israelites. So so here it was. God was like, you know, hey, listen, Mo, I tell you what, let me just, I'm just going to start all over. I'm going to destroy all of them and start all over with you. You're a child of Abraham. I can start with you, still fulfill my covenant. I'm going to start over with you, Mo, because all of them, the golden calf. Are you kidding me? After what I did for them, the 10 plagues crossing the Red Sea, and they build a golden calf right after? Are you kidding me? I mean, I would have been upset too. Ooh, boy, God was, ooh, he was not happy. And there was Moses. Wait, 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 wait. You know, it's like, wait, 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 wait. He's, he remind, reminds me a little bit of if, you, if you're a negotiating in uh, in in Old City of Jerusalem, and, and you're negotiating with uh, the store owner, and, and they, they give you a price, and you say, no, 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 I'm going to walk out. And you start to walk out, and you'll hear those words. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> it's like, okay, we got a negotiation going on here. That's what Moses was, he was negotiating with God. You know, he's like, wait, 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 no, 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 don't just start all over with me. No, 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 no. Uh, and, 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 and what happened? He pleaded with God for the forgiveness of the, of the Israelites. And so, and so God relented, and he said, okay, Moses, okay. Uh, all right, all right, but, but you could tell that there was still some angst going on here between the Israelites and God, and Moses was a little bit unsure of himself. At that point, you can really tell. But nonetheless, at this point, it was about time for Moses to lead them toward the promised land, and Moses was a bit cautious and, and, and uneasy about how God was feeling about things. Let's pick up Exodus 33, verse 12. So Moses said to Adonai, I want you to hear the kind of the the unease in Moses, but also what he's looking for, especially since he's about to lead them into a clearing and they're toward the promised land. We know that, of course, they would blow it, but still, it wasn't decided at that point. Verse 12, so Moses said to Adonai, this is what Moses said, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you've also found grace in my eyes. Now then, I pray, if I have found grace in your eyes, show me your ways so that I may know you, so that I might find favor in your sight. Consider also that this nation is your people." 
So Moses kind of looks back up, and, and, and Moses wants to make sure that God understands that Moses really needs God. Moses really, and the Israelites really need God. He says, oh, hey, listen, hey, look, you, you, you've, you haven't really said you're coming with me. You haven't said who's going with me here, who's going with us, and he's got a little bit of an unease, and he's like, okay, God, he's thinking. You could tell in his mind what he's thinking from what he's saying. He's saying, oh, boy, God didn't destroy all the Israelites, but man, who man, I, I, I don't want to go into uh, the lion's den here without my almighty protector. And so he's like, God, hold on now, before I go. And so Moses kind of just starting on the other side of the negotiation. Now it's, you know, and, and he's saying, God, hold on. Listen, I appreciate that you said you know me by name. You said, but, but consider, Lord, these are your people. Okay, so now they're your people, God. You know, it's like the, the golden cow, hey, my people. Hey, just a minute, you were, you were all speaking for them. Now they're my people, God. Okay, but in any case, Moses wants to make sure that God understands that Moses needs God because they're about to undertake a new journey. Right there, they're just about to come into the clearing that they can make some progress, that they can move forward a little bit. They're kind of coming out of the turn, and there's a straightaway ahead of them a little bit. And Moses clearly wants to know that God is with them and for them. God responds, verse 14. What does God say? My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest, he answers. Wow, that's strong. So God attempts to reassure Moses. He says, okay, Moses, I'm going to go with you, and I'm going to give you rest. God answers. But, but, but Moses, you can tell. You can, you can read where the guy's feeling, right? He needs more reassurance from God. Even though God just says this, it's a big new journey that Moses is leading two and a half million people on in the middle of the desert, right, coming out of Mount Sinai. And, and he's, he's a little bit unsure of himself. He wants to make sh double sure. It's almost like he's double checking. God just says, my presence will go with you. And then what does Moses reply? Verse 15. But hear his heart here. Verse 15. But then he, being Moses, said to him, Moses said to God, if your presence does not go with me, don't let us go up from here. For how would it be known that I or your people have found favor in your sight? Isn't it because you go with us that distinguishes us from all the peoples on the face of the earth? Hmm. Adonai answered Moses. Moses had favor with God, y'all. Adonai answered Moses, I will also do what you have said, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Ooh, man, that's good. Moses, man, I can't wait to meet him in heaven. I know this is going to be a long line, it'll be a long appointment book, but man, you got eternity, you know? I'll take the appointment a million years from now. Sign me, I just put me on the calendar. You know, I'm just asking Moses right now, please, Moses, take out your iPhone, put it on there. Moses, Siri, please schedule Rabbi Kevin. Just a one-on-one, -on -one. you know, like I'll take a half an hour, man. With Mo Wouldn't that be cool? That's, you know, that's, that's crazy, but it's not. Uh, it's just, it's wild though. It's... Anyway, okay, Moses asks for and finds reassurance from God. God will be with them. You know, he will be with them. Whew. Thank God he will be with them. Beloved, it's not going to be long before we are leaving this place. I don't mean this place physically. I love this place. This place that we've been at, you know, the last two years, it's just been crazy, y'all. It's been, ugh, ugh, in many ways. <laughs> that's, if you don't speak Hebrew, that's okay. I can get a translation here. <laughs> it won't be long, and listen, some of you have been blessed, some of you have prospered, I get that. I'm not, the Lord has done great and mighty things in spite of it, especially for those of you watching via the, the internet, I got, I got uh, so many people, uh, you know, Vanessa in Colorado and the Goldbergs in Oregon and, and, and Mo, uh, oh, Mo, okay, up in North Carolina and, and uh, Nicole in Florida. There's so many people watching all over the country and, and all over the world, Petrana from uh, Germany. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. Okay, it's not long before 
we're going to leave this place, this pandemic place. And I understand, again, this does not mean it's all over. There's not going to be some new challenges or variants along the way. But that's life. There always are some challenges along the way. But as we gear up to move forward, we have to do a few things first. You have to do a few things first. As we've seen illustrated in the scripture, we have to refuel. We have to recharge. You have to get ready. You have to prepare for the straightaway of sorts or the clearing in whatever form or fashion that looks like that's to come. And the same can be said about many of you in your lives in many areas. Do you hear me? In your life, perhaps you are on the, on the precipice of, of new chapters of your life. And, and please, God, things will look a little bit different. Uh, even if this last couple years or the last year or this season has been a great season for you. Listen, that's okay. Sometimes the Lord will lead us from season to season. I talked about that at the beginning. It's no coincidence, man. We've got this incredible cold front here, right? There's seasons. God's the one who ordained and organized the seasons. He put all the holidays in, in fashion to teach us different lessons, and that's why the biblical calendar is so cool, right? And, and, and so just, just as this is the way, perhaps it's a different season than that may come, and we need to prepare for the next chapter that lies in front of us. And regarding whatever it is that lies in front of us, we need to say, God, if your presence does not go with us, we don't want to go. That ought be our attitude. Lord God, if your presence does not go with us, we don't want to go. We want to go where your presence is leading in your life, moving forward in your personal life, beloved. This, is has, this has to be what you say also. This has to be what you say. I need your presence with me. I need your presence with me wherever you go. God, I need your presence with me, but, but you have to ask yourself a question. Would you carry God with you when you go to certain places? Uh-oh, watch out, watch out. Rabbi's going there, watch out. Oh, boy. Would you carry God with you when you say certain things, when you go certain places? See, the whole point of, of Moses' entreaty of God to accompany them on the journey is that the Lord himself set out this journey for them. He's the one who told them to go into this journey. In other words, God was clearly telling them to go. Are you doing what God has told you to do? Yes, I'm asking you in your personal life, no question. But I'm also seeking God's face for us as a congregation as well as to what the Lord has. We have to go where God leads us, but we have to be ready for these next chapters. We have to be ready for the, the clearing, whatever that looks like, the straightaway, whatever that looks like. We've got to be ready, and that means filling up our tanks. We've got to fill up, that means recharging our batteries. And that means, in part, making sure we ask for the presence of God. Because nothing will recharge you like the presence of the living God. I happen to believe that God exists. And if you are with me in that basic premise, you know, the majority of America now is not like a faithful attender in a house of worship. But yet the majority of Americans still believe in God. So friends, if you believe in God, and if you're watching online and you believe in God or listening to the podcast, you believe in God, then friends, it only makes sense that if you are in the presence of God, it's going to go better for you. That's where we would want to be is the presence of God. I'm going to ask the musicians to come back up. We got a good bit more to the message. I'm just kind of getting going here. But I want them to come back up and I want everybody to stand with me for just a minute and, and I want you to join me in prayer. I told you it's going to be a little bit of a different service. We're going to do this a couple times. Okay, I want you to join me in prayer. I want to ask for the presence of God within our, within our congregation, within our families. And, and, but, but I really want for you to join me, even just silently to God, but to join me in prayer
as we pray for his presence. Uh, Lord God, in the name of Yeshua, humbly we come before you right now, Lord. And God, here we are. We know what 2020 has been. We know what 2021 has been, Lord. But we are asking, Lord, you have been with us through this journey. You have been with us, God. But Lord God, as we see what is to come and we see what 2022 has for us, at least in part, Lord, to whatever extent we have any visibility, Lord, whatever, wherever we're going, and I think we're going to be picking up some speed here is my sense. Lord, as we pick up some speed, Lord, we ask for your presence to go with us. Lord, we want your favor. Lord, consider, Lord God, just like Moses said. Moses said, Lord, remember that these are your people, Israel. Lord God, I humbly remind you, Lord, this is your congregation. This is not Rabbi Kevin's congregation. This is your congregation, oh God. These are your people. These are your children, Lord God. And so I humbly ask you, Lord God, with all sincerity, Lord, be with your children, Lord. Wherever you're directing us to go, Lord, I pray that you go with us. And the same is personal for all of you who are here right now. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, just silently say, God, Lord, where I'm going, please go with me. I don't want to go there if you are not going with me. Now, he's not going to go with you if he doesn't want you to go there. You know, you know what I'm saying. He won't, he won't want you to go. It's, you're not going to be blessed. So you're going to say, really, what you're saying is, Lord, guide me. Guide me to where I should go and then go with me. That's what you're really saying. So if that is you, wherever you are, just, just silently pray that to God. Even silently for a moment, say, say, God. God, wherever I'm going, please go with me, God. I need your presence in my life. Take just a moment to do that. Just a minute. Verse 18, chapter 33. How did Moses feel about this reassurance from God when God said, yes, whatever you say, I'm going to do it. Because what did Moses say? Moses said, wherever we go, God, I want to make sure you're with us. I don't want to go if you're not going to go with us. And then God said, okay, Moses, I'm coming with you. I'm coming with you. I'm coming with you, Moses. That's what that's what God said to Moses. I'm coming with you. He reassured him. He had already said, I'm going with you. Moses wanted reassurance. Moses said, God said, okay, Moses, I'm coming with you. How did Moses respond? How did Moses respond? How did Moses respond? Verse 18, then Moses said, please show me your glory. Show me your glory. Moses felt so good about it. You could tell that Moses was absolutely amped up. He was like, yes, oh Lord, he's coming with us, boys. He's coming with us, girl. He's coming with us. Lord, please show me your glory. Moses was reassured. And then it's almost like he just kind of wanted to snuggle into the greatness of God. He wanted to feel God's presence. He wanted to experience God's glory. He wanted to experience the glory of the Almighty God. Hey, listen, friends, I appreciate God coming with us here at Bethlehem. Praise God, He does, and He is. Now, God, if we believe that God is coming with us, and I believe it, and I believe it, I hope and pray it is true for your life too. And if we believe this, then our response, just like Moshe, then our response, just like Moses, is now, God, we want to experience your glory. We want to experience your glory, O oh Lord. If we're going to be ready for what's coming next, y'all, we need God's presence. We need God's glory. We have to charge up our batteries for the straightaway. We're going, to, we're going to take just some time here. And again, I've got more to the message I want to share with you. But we're going to take some time now because we want to exalt the Lord, ex ask for His presence, but also experience the glory of God and the glory of his presence. What I want, this is what I felt led to do, y'all. It's something a little bit different. 
there may be about maybe 10 or 12 people, 10 or 12 people, I don't know who you are, but if, but if you're somebody who, who is zealous for the, for the, for the uh, glory of God and, and, and are zealous warriors for the glory of God, just, it doesn't need to be everybody, just representative sample. I want 10 or 12 of you just to come up to the front here. If you feel led, just come right out of your seat, just right to the front here, and just kind of line the front, about maybe 10, 12 of you, the rest you can stay in your seats where you're at. Just kind of spread out here, and we're just gonna ask for the glory of the Lord. It's wonderful, it's a perfect number. Just kind of spread out right here, and we're gonna, we're gonna ask for the, the glory of God. We need to experience God's glory. This is what we need for the road ahead, my friends, to refuel, to recharge. This is what our Jewish people in Metro Atlanta need. Our Jewish people in Metro Atlanta need the presence of the Almighty God. Gentiles, all of us need the presence of the Almighty God. This is what we need in our personal lives as well. Let's take a few minutes, worship the Lord, and experience the glory of God. Open up you ancient doors, fling wide your gates, and let the King of glory come in and take his place. Open up you ancient doors, fling wide
presence known revealed the glory of a presence to be with us, Lord God. That's how we're going to be, how we're going to make it through the next chapter, Lord. That's how we're going to, to take off, Lord God, is with your presence here, Lord. The glory, your glory. Mm. Yes, your glory covering us, oh God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Listen, friends, there's more to come. I have more to this message, but I thank you, Lord, for this. We bless you, God. In Yeshua's name, you can return to your seats for a little bit here, and I want to share some more with you. Wow, I told you it was going to be a different service, man. It's already been amazing. Did you feel the, listen, have you, yeah, let's give the Lord praise. I'm with you. Man, did you feel the presence of the Lord? Absolutely, yes. Me too. Me too. Man, that's what we need. That's what I was 
man, when I was writing this message, it was like I was, the, I was being directed to, to do things so, so differently. And I'm like, wow, whoa, okay, well, okay, well, we're going to do that then. We're going to do that. I, I emailed Dara earlier this week after I'd written the message, and she was like, wow, that sounds like a, a good message. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, friends, listen, John, you can turn the book of John if you want to get ahead, but friends, listen, when I lead tours to Israel, I know it's going to be a full day. I know it's going to be, I'm leading a tour to Israel coming up in April. It's a full day. I mean, when you're in Israel, I take you from morning to evening. We're traveling all over the place. We're having a good time. So I encourage my passengers to fuel up in the morning. That's what I tell them, right? A good breakfast, the most important meal of the day. We have to fuel up for the journey ahead. Some of you have been running on empty. We have to charge our batteries. Hello. I, I have a cell phone. It's right here. I, 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 I have a cell phone. I'm sure most of you have a cell phone. And, and in my cell phone, let me tell you what I do. And I bet what you do too. I'm just going to make a prediction. Everybody here has got a cell phone. Most of you all do the same thing. At night, I charge it. Right? I assume you do too. Somebody say Amen. Okay, you charge it. I know you do, of course. We, have to, we charge our batteries every night on our cell phones. Why? Because I know I'm going to need this in the day to come. I know I'm going to need this tomorrow. You know, I say need it. I mean, my goodness, you know, you, you didn't used to have it back in the day, but that was before, well before I was born. <clears throat> <laughs> so, so we're going to need this tomorrow. So you know I'm going to charge this the night before. Every night I put this on the charger, right? And I know that you do too. You have to charge it up because you're going to need it in the day to come. You have to plan for what is to come. Okay, Yeshua knew. Yeshua knew that he would soon go to the tree of sacrifice for us. And he knew that his disciples would be a little bit lost without him as he would be resurrected, but then he would ascend into heaven. And so Joshua, he, he knew that they were going to be a little bit lost, right? Because he's all, he'd been with them, he'd been instructing them, he'd been teaching them, but he already knew that when the time came, they would be a little bit lost without him, right? But he told, him, he told them something. He told his disciples that he would provide for them in the road ahead. So after they get out of this point when there's a clearance, when they're Okay, Yeshua after the crucifixion, all that kind of stuff. Okay, resurrection, ascension. Man, what about then? He's providing for them. He's planning for them for what's coming ahead. What does he tell them in John chapter 14, starting in verse 15? So John 14, 15, let's read Yeshua says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. He's telling his disciples. And then he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, so that he may be with you forever. And who is this helper? Verse 17, the Ruach, Emmet, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not know him, behold him or know him. You know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. In a little while, the world will no longer behold me, but you will behold me because I live, you also will live. Then skipping down to verse 25, and he, he makes it crystal clear exactly what he's talking about. Verse 25, these things I've spoken to you while dwelling with you, Yeshua says, but the helper... The Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of everything that I said to you. Okay, so Yeshua here is clearly telling us something. And, 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 and beloved Yeshua today, right here, right now, is not with us in the flesh Okay, Yeshua's presence is with us, but he is not physically here with us today in the flesh, but he made plans for us for the next chapter. He already made plans for us for such a time as this. When you are going through things, when you feel alone, when you don't know what way to turn, when you need discernments, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, will guide you. 
This is what Messiah says. He will show you the way. He will empower you. The word helper here, when it says the helper, Yeshua says the helper will come. He says the helper, the Ruch HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. The word helper here can be translated in different ways. Some translations you see it as the helper. Some as the intercessor. Some as the advocate. Some as the comforter. Some as the counselor. It's so interesting how this particular word has so many different meanings that can be applied. These are all attributes of the Ruach HaKodesh, of the Holy Spirit that will help us in so many different ways. He will do all of those things for you. And perhaps you need a few of those things. Hello, we all do. This is why we need to seek him now. And you should in your personal life as well. See, Yeshua is telling us when that time comes in that next season around the corner, once, once we're coming around the corner into, the, into a straightaway, I'm going to send you the Ruach HaKodesh. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit to help you, to empower you. And then what happened? You know the story. Acts chapter 2. Let's go there. Acts chapter 2. This is exactly what happened. Okay, Yeshua had came. He died. He resurrected. He ascended. And then, of course, it was Shavuot. If you don't know the Jewish holiday of Shavuot, it makes the, the outpouring of the Ruach make total sense. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 says this. When the day of Shavuot had come, Yeshua's already gone. He's already up in heaven, right? But when the day of Shavuot had come, just like Yeshua had said, they were all together in one place. Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And tongues like fire spreading out appeared to them and settled on, on each one of them. They were all filled with the Ruach HaKodesh and began to speak in other tongues as the Ruach enabled them to speak. And then, uh, and then we read a few verses later, Peter would speak to the crowd. And what did he say in part? Skipping down to verse 32, he explains a little bit of what's going on. He says, verse 32, he says, this Yeshua, God raised up. We are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and receiving from the Father the promise of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, he poured out this, what you now see and hear. He was explaining them what, what you're seeing. He told them what you are seeing and what you are hearing when the Holy Spirit hit there in the second chapter of Acts is exactly what Yeshua had told them was going to happen when he said, I'm going to be sending you the helper, the counselor, the advocate, the, the, the Ruach HaKodesh is going to be sent to you to help you in the chapter that's to come when I am not physically here anymore, Yeshua says. Friends, before we can ask God to grow us, you know, listen, do, do I want Beth Hillel to grow? Yes. Not for Beth Hillel's sake, for his kingdom's sake, you understand. I want us to grow, but, but friends, we all got to be part of this. All of you, all of you online. All of you listening to podcasts, all of us, we need to be sharing the good news, inviting people to come to the house of God, not for our purposes, for his purposes, but before we can ask him to grow us and enter into this new season, we have to ask and entreat the Ruach, the Spirit, to empower us to do so. Hello. Because it's he who guides us, he who shows us the way. He gives us strength. He gives us direction. He gives us the recharge that we need. He, he will charge us up for this next new chapter. I want to ask the, the music team to come back up here, uh, and, and we're, going to, we're going to do something else right here. Some of you, I want to ask, uh, let's all stand again. I, I gave you a nice little break there. I told you it was a different service. Some of you who feel led, it might be the same people, it might be different people. We're only gonna do this a shorter amount of time. But if you feel led, come on back down to this altar here. I want to spend some time welcoming them in the presence 
of the Ruach Elohim, of the Spirit of God. So if that's you, come on up front, maybe about 10, 12 of you. That was, it was perfect how you lined up last time. It might be, if, if you were out there and said, man, I should have come up, you come up, but you don't need to if, if wherever you are. But let's just kind of spread, and, and if you want to welcome the presence of the Ruach Elohim, the Spirit of God, come on up. Because Chavarim, I'm going to tell you something. You need the presence of God in your life. When you are going through your day, when you're deciding things about your job, when you're raising your kids, when you're making friends, when you're getting through sickness, whatever it is, as we journey on a new path, Yeshua has sent us the Ruach. We need to invite the Ruach, the Spirit, into our lives to direct us. And if we're going to get charged up about what lies ahead, we need the Ruach. I want to thank you, those of you here and those of you out there. Let's spend some time worshiping and inviting the, the Ruach Elohim. There is nothing worth more I will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I have tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves, where my heart becomes free. And my shame is undone In your presence, Lord Holy Spirit, you are welcome here Come flood this place and fill the
the Lord, we need his Holy Spirit in our lives. If we do this, we're going to be ready for the next part of the road. And whether the road is indeed straight or if it has a few turns and it will be ready because we fueled up. The title of my message is Recharge. Recharge. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for this congregation, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If there's anybody here who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, but you'd like to, raise your hand and we'll pray together. If you've never committed your life to God, just raise your hand. If that's you. Maybe you're watching online, never said a prayer to say, Lord Yeshua, I accept you into my heart. I believe you've risen again, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Forgive me my sins, God. I'll follow you the rest of my ways. If you said that prayer for the first time, please do send us an email or see me after service if you're here. And Lord, I pray for our congregation that you will fuel us up, God, that you will charge us up, that you will prepare us for what is about to come, for what is to come, Lord. We're not quite out of the full woods yet, but we're getting there, Lord, and I can see it. And Lord, and so Lord, I pray, Lord, we want your presence to go with us. We want your Holy Spirit with us, Lord God. We want to be in the midst of your will, Lord God. That's my humble prayer. Because Lord, if we're there, we're in a good place. I don't even care what else happens. I don't even care how many people there are. We're in a good place. Those of us who are there are in a good place. Woo. Thank you, Lord God. I ask your I ask your blessing, Lord, on each person who's here, each person watching and listening right now, Lord. I thank you for all these things, God. And we bless you, B'Shem Yeshua, in the name of our Messiah, Yeshua, we pray. Amen and amen. And you may return to your seats. May God bless you all. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.com. Org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Light, 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 light.